1: of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I have my good buddy, Sonic, uh, aka Johnny Ban, who came to visit me all the way out from Indianapolis, Indiana. What's going on, Sonic?
0: Chilling. what's up, everybody?
1: (laughs) Dude, I'm really happy to have you on the show um, and also coming to visit me just because we've been just hanging out. Um, So Sonic, is uh, he used to to be on the radio uh, out in Indianapolis. Um, What what was was the station again? It was Hot 96.3 FM, the um, hip-hop station in that city. All right, nice. And then you came out to L.A. to pursue your music career, and that's where we met. Correct. And, I mean, Sonic Stories is amazing. So, I mean, I want to break that down, um, you know, how you went from basically sh- being broke in L.A. You know, as a striving musician mm-hmm. to now owning three businesses, uh, working on a fourth, owning two condos, owning a Benz, owning, you know. And being able to, most importantly, being able to just travel and just say, hey, Johnny, I'm going to come come hang out for 12 days and just kick it. Uh, I mean, think back on um, when we first met. What, how your life was was different?
0: Yeah, so um, I grew up in Indianapolis. I was a club DJ out there. I was also on the radio, and I did pretty well for myself. Uh, But then I just kind of got burnt out on my city of Indianapolis. You know, I knew everybody there. I I did everything possible there. So. In 2007, I decided to move to Los Angeles to pursue my recording career. Um, I was kind of a, you know, pop rap recording artist, you know, kind of in the same genre as, um, you know, like a flow writer or pit bull. And so I moved out in 2007. Um, you know, I met Johnny, uh, as soon as I moved there and, you know, starting off, I was working odd jobs here and there, um, DJing whenever I could just to, you know, make ends meet, doing a little personal training on the side as well. And, um. you know, that was the height of the recession. 2007 was a very difficult time, you know. Um, recession had just hit. You know, the housing market had just collapsed. Gas prices were unbelievable. And I was out in L.A. just, just trying to make ends meet. Um, I lived in a studio apartment with two of my friends. So this is a very small studio apartment, probably, you know, 800 square foot. Uh, one little bathroom and a small kitchen that was a part of the studio. And so you have three grown men living in a 800 square foot studio apartment, and I think our rent at that time was like $1,200 a month. And you know, when you don't have a job, that's hard to that's hard to come up with, you know. Uh, So, you know, I tried to make ends meet however I could, and I was basically surviving off literally nothing. Uh, Every day I would eat eggs. Oatmeal. I
1: remember that too. I mean, remember before we go out, I would you know just to hang out. You'd say, "Hold, oh, let me uh, scarf down some food real quick." And it'd always be just plain oatmeal, plain eggs. I mean, n- not even no sauce on there. It was it was it was crazy.
0: Yeah, it was it was a really tough time. um You know, just had n- literally no money. It was completely broke. um living in a large city like Los Angeles where the cost of living's already high and then a recession on top of that and then I don't have a regular job as well
1: and everyone else around you is flashing money you know going out you know doing bottle service just just throwing money away and it's i mean it you know and now looking back at it i i don't need any of that stuff you know and but at the time it's it's really easy to be envious of that
0: right yeah it is because you know you see all these people you know enjoying life the way they should you know if you have money you know you should you know live how you want to live and you know you see all these people um, driving nice cars you know spending lots of money in the clubs eating at nice restaurants but you know a lot of that stuff you know uh, once I finally acquired money I realized that stuff isn't important just like you realized
1: yeah Uh, so in a bit I'm gonna ask you exactly how you build your businesses and went from having basically no money uh, to building you know these three businesses and how you're building a fourth uh, online business now uh, but let's just talk a little bit you know and share our experience um of you know this past week just we've been hanging out I mean you you emailed me out, out of nowhere just and you just said hey you know I'm gonna come out and kick it for a couple of weeks um where are you at <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't even know I was in
1: Chiang Mai <laughs>
0: right so yeah you know I just um you know I'm back in Indianapolis for you know those of you that don't know and I was uh I you know, needed a vacation, so I was like, you know what, let me uh, go out to Thailand. Uh, my boy Johnny should be out there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I sent Johnny a message and told him I was going to come out. It's kind of a spur-of-the-moment
1: um, idea. And the first thing I did was I, I said to Sonic, I was like, all right, I'm in Chiang Mai. Uh, book your flight, and then everything else we'll take care of. And the reason why I say that is I get a lot of friends you know, who are well-intentioned, but the more they try to plan out the trip, the more they, they have excuses why it's not a good time to come out. And it's it's never going to be the perfect time to come out. There's always going to be things that come up, always going to be some kind of responsibilities, uh, either time or money. And it's nice that we can, you know, we can organize our lifestyle so it's easier and we have these less responsibilities, but either way, you're always going to have something happening. So I always make people just book their flight first, and if once they commit, you know then we'll figure out the hotels, we'll figure out you know transportation and what to pack all that stuff, but all that stuff actually comes easy when, when, once you actually got here, you realize even if you just showed up with no clothes and nothing, mm-hmm. would you have been okay? oh yeah, totally uh
0: I mean <laughs> I packed a bag and I probably only wore like two different items <laughs> out of that bag um so yeah, I mean, you can just get to where you need to go uh, and just figure it out on the way because. I mean that's kinda of, uh, been my philosophy. I know that's kinda of yours as well, just go with the flow. Like we had no plans when I got here. We didn't I didn't plan Johnny actually told me to plan out what I wanted to do <laughs> and I didn't plan anything. I just showed up and I had a great time. Yeah,
1: but it ended up being even better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like let's share with uh the, the people back home what are what are some of the things that we did, what are some of the highlights?
0: Uh you know, well, we went out eating at very nice restaurants. Um You know, we went to a great resort with a beautiful view. Had this infinity pool on top of a mountain.
1: (laughs) That's insane.
0: Yeah, it was ridiculous. And then, uh, you know, just the nightlife here has been great. We, You know, we went out several times this week, um, you know, buying up drinks, hanging out with cool people.
1: And remember that that lake that we had lunch at?
0: Oh, yeah. uh, We went to a lake. It was awesome. Uh, Just had these little, what are those, like huts that we were sitting? Like bamboo huts. Yeah, bamboo huts. uh, Had, you know, lunch brought to us, and we just all hung out and kicked it.
1: Yeah. I mean, life really is just super easy out here. Uh, weather?
0: Oh, weather's beautiful. It didn't rain once. I've been here, uh, what's now, 10 days?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And the cost of living, I mean, Indiana's a very cheap place to live compared mm-hmm. to LA. But what, what's your cost been out here so far? Just even being on vacation and doing all these crazy things.
0: Right. So uh, being out here, I think I spent uh, probably... Well, here, let me tell you some of the things I bought. <laughs> I've been partying every night for about... Ten to twenty dollars a night. That's buying, you know, Grey Goose drinks, uh, buying other people drinks. Um, I'm eating authentic Thai meals for a dollar to two dollars per meal. I mean, I'm talking about full meals. <laughs> and then um, I bought two fully custom-made suits and two custom shirts for three hundred dollars. Uh, my hotel for twelve days was roughly about four hundred dollars, I believe.
1: And that's not just a normal hotel. You got the Grand Suite so it's I mean it's equivalent of like if you guys have been out to LA I would say it's, it's very similar to the standard mm-hmm. uh, or any other really high-end uh, hotel it, I mean it's beautiful um, you got a separate living room you got a kitchen area you got a nice bathroom you have three showers yeah I do he <laughs> <laughs> has a rain shower uh, a normal shower and a, and a bathtub <laughs> with the shower as well <laughs> right so um, yeah
0: what else did I get um, Oh, I rented a scooter. Everybody out here rides scooters in Thailand, um, which was a new experience for me. You know, riding a scooter in heavy traffic and cr- in a crazy city. But uh, I think I spent uh, sixty dollars on that for a whole week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I got a lot of things for really not much.
1: Yeah, I mean, even that day we spent out at that five—that's literally a five-star resort. Yes. And you know, we only—you know—we got drinks out there. We got um, these. What, what was that? That mint.
0: Oh yeah, these. Um, what was that's pineapple. Like- Ginger mint smoothies,
1: yeah, and this uh, coconut frappuccino, which blows Starbucks out the, out the window oh, yes. I mean imagine S- Starbucks you know instead so of giving you a cup, they take a, a fresh coconut, they carve, you know they open it up, they carve out the meat inside, and instead of using uh, normal tap water, they use that coconut water to make your coffee with mm-hmm. the coconut meat, some ice you know, and some, you know, whatever else they put in their milk or sugar and they blend it all and put it back in the coconut and serve it to you poolside while you're in this infinity pool. And that whole day probably costs us less than 20 bucks. Yeah. And you know, it's life really out here really is just simple. And I mean, how much money would you have spent just doing your normal life back home? I mean,
0: um, uh, you know, it's hard to say, but all I can say is, it's dramatically cheaper here. I mean, I'm on vacation and, I didn't spend much at all. You know, being back home, you know, I would have probably spent close to what I spent here.
1: You Just know? going and eating at normal restaurants. Right, exactly. You know, so you're, what's really cool is now that you've been out here and you've met you know, all my friends, and you've mm-hmm. seen you know, the pun space, the co-working office space, you've met um, you know, all, the, all, the, all the other entrepreneurs out here, you realize there's tons of people, I mean probably 20, 30 people uh, that you've met already that are making money online while traveling.
0: Yeah, that's been a real eye-opening experience, just meeting uh, the community that you guys have out here in Chiang Mai. Uh, everybody's just super cool. Everybody's down to help you. Everybody's very supportive uh, of what you're trying to do. They want to help you achieve your goals. And, um, yeah, it's been a real eye-opening experience. You know, there's so many people out here that are, you know, living like a boss, traveling like a boss.
1: Yeah, and it's insane that everyone wants to help you. Yeah. I mean, I think it, what it is is because, you know, everyone's in the same boat, everyone's traveling, everyone's away from home, everyone's kind of making new friends. And, and everyone else has been helped by other people as well, where they feel like they want to give back. And it's not like that back home.
0: Right. Well, I had another theory about that. Um, my theory was, you know, back home, everybody has such a crab mentality. You know, they don't want to see anybody escape. So they try to pull everybody back into the barrel, you know. But I my theory was the people that are in Chiang Mai have escaped that barrel. So the ones that did escape already have that different mentality. They realize you can't be a crab in a barrel. You can't just keep pulling. you got to help help lift up, not pull down. And the people that actually made it to Thailand think that way. And the ones that are still back home don't.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I, I definitely think that if – as you know, Chiang Mai gets more popular, that might change. But at least for right now, if you guys just hop on a plane next week, I mean, it'll be exactly this way. But if yeah. you wait two years, uh, maybe it might get over flooded. You know, if there's if there starts being 300 people here instead of 30. The mentality might change, and you might might start moving on. Um, but what's cool is, you know, I mean, the friends I've met out here, the connections I've met, you know, they're going to be my my lifelong friends. And the businesses that we're building, I mean, they're they're legit. I mean, they're it's incredible and um, you know really if, if you think about it like givers you know that I've been reading this book called give and take and it's, it's so easy to surround yourself uh, by givers around here and not mm-hmm. you know people that I just try to leech or just try to match um, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know your how you got started with your your offline businesses um, and how you've decided you know some of the benefits of uh, transferring over to these online businesses so you you're the the godfather of food trucks in in Indiana as as you you know as all the news stories say mm-hmm. and it's um so let tell everyone a little bit about uh, how you know how was it that you started that the very first food truck ever in all the whole state of Indiana
0: okay so I'm gonna tell you my story real quick uh, okay so you guys know I was in Los Angeles doing music uh, so I lived out in Los Angeles for about roughly about three years. But, you know, while I was in Los Angeles, uh, if you're from Los Angeles, you know, there's plenty of food trucks everywhere. You know, taco trucks was the most frequent place I went after the clubs. And I was talking with my friends from back home over the phone and talking about how great uh, a certain taco truck was that I ate at. And my friends were like, "What, what is that? What's a taco truck? And, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. But then about, you know, two years into living out there, I was talking to a friend and I was talking about taco trucks again and they still didn't know what that was. So then a light bulb went off in my head. I, was, I said, you know what? Here's a market that doesn't have any food trucks, and food trucks definitely work. I mean, Los Angeles <laughs> will, you know, let you know that anyways. So I said, you know what? Let me go back and start a food truck because it, w- it would be huge. So um, I went back. Uh, actually, before, before that, um, I partnered with somebody from Los Angeles. Um, he, he had got the money for the, to start the f- food truck. He got about roughly 30000 and we went back to Indianapolis, Uh, we started uh, a taco truck called West Coast Tacos. It was basically a Korean infused taco, you know, meats marinated and Korean uh, marinades in a tortilla. So we go back. Um, Basically, I copied the uh, formula like the Kogi truck, if you're familiar with that from Los Angeles. You know, they they were real big on using Twitter, social media sites to promote their business. So I went back to Indianapolis. I started West Coast Tacos. Um, Number one, Everybody was excited to see me because I hadn't been back in years. So when I came back, everybody was excited that I came home. And then when they found out I was doing a new business, a taco truck, um, that excitement doubled. And so once I launched the uh, started a taco truck out there, everybody gravitated towards it. Everybody was talking about it. The whole city was, I mean, they, they were so excited because a few people by that time had heard about food trucks. So they were excited that, hey, our city finally has a food truck, you know. So everybody was Eager to check it out and support it. And, you know, as soon as we started, like literally within probably a couple days, news crews would show up probably every day to every other day for like the first month or two. I was doing TV interviews for like two months straight. Um, so the, the media was just boosting it up, uh, the newspapers were boosting it up. And then during that time, something um, something random happened. We got contacted by the New York Times, and um, I did an uh, over-the-phone interview with the New York Times, and we came out on the front page of the New York Times of West Coast Tacos. Um, They had our story on there, and that gave us so much credibility because, you know, as you know, New York Times is global. Everybody (laughs) reads the New York Times. So that just, it was just such a synergistic effect. Everything just kind of, you know, worked together to create this huge hurricane of, like, media frenzy for us. So uh, the food truck was just, you know, doing huge numbers. Before we'd open up, you know, there'd be a line of probably like 50, 60, 70 people waiting for us to open. Um, So the truck was doing very well. Uh, Media was going crazy about it. The whole city was in a frenzy about it. And then, uh, you know, certain things happened where me and my partner uh, couldn't work together anymore. So uh, I sold my half of that company, and then I started a new food truck called the New York Slice. But before I got into New York Slice, as I was thinking of my exit strategy, uh, you know, I was I thought, how can I take this taco truck or concept and make it better? Because, you know, on the taco truck, it was a lot of work, a lot of prep work. You got to marinate meat. You got to chop meat. You got to chop veggies. Uh, you got to make sauce. I mean, this is daily. It's a lot of work. I mean, a food truck sounds very simple, but Uh, It's a lot more work than it's like a restaurant. If you you know anybody that's worked in restaurants know how much work that is. It's the same thing, same amount of work, if not more. Uh, So, anyways, I thought you know how can I speed up the serving time? Um, How can I cut down on the prep? How can I cut down on labor? Because in the taco truck we had probably three people in there just to serve in a reasonable time, serve food to each customer in a reasonable time. Um, So as I kept thinking and thinking, I finally decided New York style pizza was the way to go.
1: You know, I really like the, your mentality, the way you think, because that can be transferred into so many different businesses. Uh, and even if it's if your business is not going to be a food truck, I mean, basically, if we break it down, you know, what we, you know, what was going through your mind was uh, how to niche down into something very simple to be delivered and that applies to every business uh mm-hmm. online and offline uh, think about the exit strategy before you get into a business think about how much maintenance it's going to take uh, how much t- how much day-to-day time it's going to take and also um just thinking of uh you know th- these just these different ideas um where for example i know i know when you first came uh mentioned you wanted to move back to Indy to open a restaurant. At first you were actually thinking about opening a physical brick and mortar restaurant. Right. You know, and I remember both me and our good buddy JP uh, who's who owns a couple of casinos out in LA or up in uh, California. Uh, we both said no, that's a terrible idea. Do not open a restaurant. Right. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. And, you know, at the time, I, you know, I didn't have the idea to open a food truck. If I did, I would have said, hey, do that instead. Mm. But I do remember mentioning you saying, hey, if you're, if you're going to open a restaurant, at least test the idea first. And I, and I recommended it to you, and I said, find the location that you want to open the food truck. I mean, uh, the restaurant and just set up a, uh, a stand, a taco stand in front of it just to see if people will come. And you took, you know, then you had the brilliant idea. You said, Hey, you know what, instead of having this stand, why don't, you know, cause the benefits of the stand was basically, Hey, test, uh, test the location, test the food concept, um, with minimal startup costs. Right. And you know, then you had the brilliant idea. You know what? Forget the restaurant, forget the food stand, taco truck, because, uh, that has a low, um, initial investment, just like the food stand would, mm-hmm. uh, and instead of being tied down in one location, you, ha- you can go anywhere with it.
0: Right. Yeah, much lower overhead. Uh, you can, you're mobile. <laughs> you can go to the people. The people don't have to come to you. And, um, yeah, you're right. So the, the food truck was definitely the way to go. Um, so I, I sold my half of West Coast Tacos, and I started the New York Slice. I started with one tiny little truck, and um, within probably about three months of opening, we uh, Business was doing so well, we expanded with the second truck. Uh, So the first truck had one oven in it. The second truck that uh, I was building had two ovens in it with two serving windows. So we could serve double the amount of people. And granted, the first truck is already serving very fast. We're serving slices probably 30 seconds per customer, you know, very minimal wait time, which is faster than probably any other food truck that serves hot food. So, um... And the reason I um, built the second truck was specifically for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl came to Indianapolis that year. Um, Some of you might remember watching that Super Bowl. Um, And, I mean, it was so many people. And what was crazy was the city had uh, really embraced the idea of food trucks. And there were so many people coming into town for the Super Bowl. The physical restaurants in our downtown area didn't have enough seating to serve everybody. So they were they were they needed the food trucks to help kind of relieve the restaurants so they brought the uh, food trucks in and you know everybody made so much money it was like a week long (laughs) just taking money
1: yeah i mean that's incredible i mean for the guys listening back home you don't have to open a food truck. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do the same concept. But what what you what you guys want to take away from this is, let's say you were born in a small town or you're in a different country, not in the U.S. You're in um, Austria or some, you know, you know, some eight million person country, and if you think about it, you actually at an advantage. Uh, a lot of people think that because you're from a small town, you know, that they don't have the opportunities that people that grew up in a big city do. But it's actually the exact opposite. I would think the only actual benefit of growing up in a big city is the mentality that you have growing up, thinking, you know, all the possibilities and the network you make. But actually, uh, starting a business in a, in a small place um, is actually much easier to, to blow up. You know, to you know, it, it's just like picking a niche um, online. All right. So... For you guys at home, what you can think about is what is something that works really well in a big market, and how can you take that into a small market, especially if you grew up or you have connections in a smaller market. So if you live in, let's say, Australia, and there's this product that sells really well online in the US, people don't want to have to wait a week or two weeks to have it shipped to Australia. So why not... You know, create that 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 product just for Australians and really just brand it. That have the .au have, you know, fast shipping, and people in the UK in England, it's super easy to promise one day uh, delivery uh, if throughout England because it's a small country. So you can get everything shipped. I mean, and majority of people will be in London anyways. So as long as you have your fulfillment centers in that in that city, it's super fast to and super cheap to offer shipping. So instead of having, you know. I get all, especially the e-commerce um, business, a lot of people ask me, you know, hey, you know, Johnny, I know you did Anton's course and you're making a lot of money uh, selling products in the U.S. to U.S. customers. Uh, can I do it in in Europe What can I do it in Australia? And the answer I always give to them, I said, yes, you can. You know, you can. There's a lot of people on the private forums after you sign up that are from Canada or from other countries that do uh, business in the U.S., it's a little bit more complicated because you have to get a, uh, you, have to, you have to incorporate right away instead of waiting. You can't do it as a sole proprietorship. So you basically just build a business, U.S. business, get a U.S. bank account, things like that, and you can do business as um, an American company. But I actually told people, I said, you know what, don't even do that. Why compete against, you know, the tens of thousands of other, other people in the U.S. trying to compete against, you know for the market? Mm-hmm. Why not take an idea uh, that you know already works in the U.S. and just run with it in your country or, or your small town. And I really, really, truly believe that's the easiest way, way to make money. I mean, because think about it, if you made that food truck in New York or in, 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 in LA, LA yeah. would it have worked? Uh,
0: it, it had a chance, but it would be so much harder. I mean, exponentially harder. The reason uh, why it was easy for me to succeed and why it happened so fast was, yeah, um, I'm introducing something that works in huge markets. And I took it to a, the same concept. I didn't change really much. You know, um, it was all the same concept, the, the food truck, the uh, social media, all that, and took it to a small market where they had none of it. And so it's, the business model is already proven. So you don't got to worry about that. They've done all the <laughs> they've done all the work. Has They've been there for years in Los Angeles and New York, bigger cities. So I knew it was going to work. So I go there, and these people, it was the first time they got to experience that, and they ate
1: it up. You know, And that's actually the basis of Anton's dropship course, where he says, hey, don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, I think it was in, in module two, he says, all you have to do is go online and look at competitive websites. Look at Amazon, look at uh, Overstock, and look at the niche sites that are already making money selling um, whatever your niche product is. Mm-hmm. If they're making money from it, why not just just take a piece of it instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and try to sell something that people don't want? You know, and try to try to create a new market. Why not just take two percent of Amazon sales in in a certain niche and be happy with it?
0: Yeah, just you know, they already they've done all the work for you. They've done all the research for you. (laughs) Just copy their formula, and then once you actually do it, and if you see things when you're running the operation that could be better, then that's when you make the tweaks. But otherwise, just you know, the the formula and plan is already laid out before you.
1: But the other thing I really like is you mentioned earlier that the city actually was really behind it because it was, you're filling a need. You, you're really adding value, uh, by bringing, you know, this new trend, uh, but also a way where they can expand the, the business revenue of the city. And, you know, they're on board with them. They're happy with it. Um, and as well as, you know, basically just creating, um, you know, just creating value. And so I, what I really like is thinking of, of ideas on how to add more value to an existing concept, uh, which is why, um, so Sonic gave me the idea. I, I basically, I picked his brain and I was like, I was like, Hey, so you know, when, when, when you sell pizza on the food truck, um, how much do you make and on lunch? How much do you make in dinner? And what is it that really makes uh, the most amount of money? And you had mentioned, uh, that catering makes the most amount of money. And so I, you know, I was, I was like, all right, well, how do you get your catering gigs? And m- most of it was just kind of word of mouth. You know, I looked at, you know, your website's pretty nice. It's the nyslice.com and, com, but the catering, you know, it's kind of just, um, it's kind of, it's there, but it's not really predominant. And I was looking at some of the other food trucks, and you know, some of them didn't even have catering on there, even though they might offer it. So I asked myself, what is a way where I can really add value to, uh, you know, to the customers in Indianapolis, and also to the food trucks, and help everyone make more money? Uh, so I got the idea to start. Uh, Indie food truck cateringcom so, so right now it's kind of a pre-production so if you guys look at it there's probably not that much on there um, but you know this is a this is an example in an easy way where you can help your friends that already have a business or just even strangers you could just ask people say hey you know uh, what's what are you guys making the most money on would you you know if I created you know a site where I can get you more traffic for that would you be willing to give me a percentage of it and you know, regardless of what business they're in, they're probably, they're probably going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so in the next upcoming months, that's going to be a project I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be working on. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. All right. So uh, I want to ask you, so if, so you're making stacks of cash right now with, you know, slang and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what, why were you so excited uh, about starting an online business? Yeah, so, um, you know,
0: I ran into Johnny. Uh, we actually met up uh, probably a couple months ago back in Toronto, and then you know Johnny was telling me about his new business that he had started, the e-commerce site, and uh, he was explaining to me all the benefits of it. You know, he gets to he doesn't have, he could do that from anywhere in the world. He could be on another planet as long as they have <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> so that intrigued me right there. You know, he doesn't he's not stuck to one location, whereas right now. I somewhat have to be in my city. Yeah, I still get to travel, but I can't leave for, you know, two, three months, four months. You know, I have to at least, I can leave for maybe a top a few weeks and then I have to go back just to make sure everything's running okay because I'm counting on other people, whereas, uh, you know, Johnny's business is mainly him and then he can outsource certain things. But, you know, those people aren't in, don't have such a crucial position in the company that, that you know, he has to monitor them at all times, and those are the things that kind of really intrigued me, and he was making a, a good amount of money as well, so uh, all those things uh, really motivated me and inspired me to get into that same um, area of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's actually crazy is up until a few days ago, I, I ran all the e-commerce stores completely on my own. I was answering all the calls, and which was really easy when I was in the U.S., and I just forwarded to my my cell phone. and. But now that I'm in Thailand and the, the time zone difference is crazy different, what I would do is I would, you know, answer calls up until about midnight, which is uh, maybe 10 a.m. In, in the U.S. I would go to sleep, turn my phone off, and then in the morning at 8 or 9 in the morning, I called call back, which was, you know, 6, 7 p.m. Uh, California time. And so that whole chunk in the middle, it was just going straight to voicemail. And I knew I was losing sales. I knew it wasn't the best customer experience. So I finally said, you know what, let me just go on ODesk and let me hire a, a freelancer. Let me hire someone. And what's funny is, uh, so the first girl I hired, um, I feel bad, but uh, <laughs> she, she didn't work out. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, I, I, I tested it. I, you know, I wrote up all the scripts, you know, uh, had everything forward. And then just to test it on Monday, you know, at noon and then again at 1 and then again at one thirty. I just tried calling like I would a customer to see make sure she would pick up right and, and use the right script. Uh so she didn't pick up and then when she finally did, after ten rings, it, it wasn't even her, you know, answering the phone. It was her yelling at her kids in the background and I'm like, <laughs> Man, this this ain't gonna work out so I fired her <laughs> instantly. Uh and then I hired um this this lady who's uh sixty years old, I believe. Well, I and I actually don't know how old she is, but she's You know, she's she's pretty old and she's recently divorced and she's really in a bad position. She's you know, she's broke. She's been trying to find a job for the last two months. Uh, She's out in South Carolina and, you know, the job market's hard out there. So she was so appreciative of me hiring her and she was asking for fifteen dollars an hour. And I actually said to her, I said, you know, let me give you thirty. And it sounds insane, but what it is is I don't need her for the whole hour. You know, I don't I don't need her for four hours a day. I just need her for five or ten minutes um, per phone call. And I said, you know what? I don't want you to waste your time. You know, because by, you know because you might only be working twenty minutes a day, and if I'm only paying you, you know, a couple of bucks an hour, it's really not worth your time. So let me pay you fifty cents per minute of phone phone use, which is thirty bucks an hour. And she was so happy about it. And I think what we're gonna do is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, train her up, and this is what I've been doing all weekend, training her up to answer the calls, and eventually, um, if I can, you know, if I can get her enough work and train her up well enough, uh, I could just pay her, you know, her her asking rate of fifteen dollars an hour, and be be able to hire her on for a few hours a day, uh, which will make her ecstatic. Um, so, but so that kind of just to me is a side benefit of being able to provide jobs um, back to, back to Americans in the U S, uh, and not trying to save money by hiring somebody, uh, overseas and to the, my customer, they really like the fact that, you know, somebody in the local time zone, uh, is picking up the call, um, versus me trying to save some money and outsourcing it. Um, you know, even though, you know, I could easily outsource it to the Philippines or to India, I'd rather pay a little bit more money and provide that excellent customer service.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: All right. So the, the businesses, uh, so <laughs> this weekend was crazy. Um, on Friday, you know, we were getting ready just, to uh, you know, call the weekend, plan out what we want to do and just, you know, j- just have fun. And I convinced you to stop by, um, was, uh, Noah, Doug and, uh, these guys houses. And, um, they were doing something called a mini startup weekend. Uh, have you even, did you even know what you were getting into when he showed up?
0: I had no clue <laughs> what Johnny had talked me into. Um, he actually, uh, I was actually at a, what's this, what's this place like, internet?
1: It's, yeah, well, Pun Space is a co working office space. Yeah, so I
0: was at Pun Space, uh, you know, just messing around on the internet, actually doing a little bit of work. And uh, I was sitting here with Anton, actually, and, uh, you know, I don't have a working cell phone, so Johnny called Anton and said, uh, hey, uh, bring Sonic over to this uh, house. We're all doing a startup weekend, and I and I told Anton. Uh, actually, I'm just gonna stay here and keep working. <laughs> and then Johnny calls back and like, no, just <laughs> bring him. So I ended up going. I had no clue what I was getting into, and it turned out to be one of the most productive two days of my life. Um, within those two days, I did so much work. Um, I literally created a whole new business within two days.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So what the story weekend is, uh, it was put on by a couple of the guys, uh, from the dynamite circle, uh, named, uh, Will and Noah at, and, um, at the house, which is, uh, this, this big house they rented right in the Neiman and area, which is a really cool area in Chiang Mai. And I think it's a, it's actually a three story house. I don't even know if you got to see the upstairs. Um, but all they, you know, they have fiber optic internet and what they did was they basically just invited 15 people over, um, they're all entrepreneurs, and said, "Hey, if you guys have an idea for a business that you've been kicking around or in the back burner, come this weekend. We're going to spend fifty-five hours this weekend and just bang it out." And they organized it super well, and it was it was awesome. I mean, they had a it started with a paleo breakfast on Friday, and they have a uh, they have a maid uh, and a cook that comes in, and you know I think they pay her hundred fifty bucks or three hundred bucks a month. Something insanely cheap, and she comes every day to cook and clean for them and uh, they had you know all these tables set up with with um with fiber optic internet and all we did was we we spent ten minutes each on uh, at two o'clock p m on Friday and we just said what we were gonna work on and what was really cool is everybody else would just chime in with ideas and, you know, just offer to help. So I actually, I didn't have anything to work on. I I didn't really want to start a new business because I'm, I'm pretty happy and content with uh, the money I'm making right now. So I, I said, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm going to skip it. But, uh, uh, Kimberly, she messaged me. She was like, "Hey, you know, do you mind just stopping by just to just to give some advice to everyone, and you know, and bring Anton as well?" So I was like, "Yeah, no problem." So Anton, was, you know, he really had nothing to work on because uh, he's killing it now. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, I'll just come by and help out." And uh, I had the same, you know, I did the same thing. So we we were just there, you know, and especially the people who you know who, who wanted to start e-commerce stores or these businesses that we had experience in, uh, we were able to really just you know offer uh, guidance um, and. I ended up just being so excited about it. And I was like, you know what, me, me, you know, it's just a weekend of my life. Instead of just hanging out by the pool, which we could do any day, let me just build a business real quick. Mm-hmm. And 55 hours later, uh, I have two new websites set up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had moved uh, apartments. I had recorded a podcast, uh, um, edited and uploaded it. Uh, I had recorded seven videos for, for something else. <laughs> I mean, just insane amount of, of productivity. Uh, just, you know, simply the fact that, you know, re- I read just around other people who are productive as well. Yeah. And, you know, some of the other people there, you know, really, really built great businesses as well. We had, um, two doctors, uh, Dr. Shannon Weeks and Dr. Alessa Shields, um, uh, both who, you know, moved out here and they're on, uh, I think it was episode three of the podcast and they had moved out and they had ideas of how to, change their business from you know one-on-one consultations which you know take are very time-consuming even though they're just doing it over Skype and they could do it while being out here they really wanted to create a like a video training course on you know on a lot of the, the frequently asked questions and it's been on the back of their mind for a long time and they finally just decided hey you know what? let me spend this weekend and let me do it and what's really cool is because there's 15 people all with different skill sets everyone was able to help everyone out I mean I mean, like, how much value did you get out of that weekend with with all the help from people?
0: Oh, it was insane because you're getting um, different perspectives from so many different people, and they have a lot. Really, everybody in that house had way more experience than me. And anything online, um, you know, I, I went in pretty much as a newbie, but I learned how to do a lot of things within that time just from being around all those people.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, the resources were amazing. I mean, for example, and every time I got stuck, instead of spending half an hour trying to figure it out myself, I would just ask somebody. Uh, for example, on TravelLikeABosspodcast.com, the submit button wasn't working um, for people signing for the mailing list. And a lot of people wanted to sign up for the mailing list because they want to they want to download the, the free bonus episode, uh, how to choose the perfect niche. And some people will figure it out. They're like, okay, I could press enter instead. But it'd be a lot easier just to have a submit button <laughs> And for whatever reason, it just it just wouldn't work, and I was figuring out trying to figure it out forever. And eventually, I just I just asked the guy sitting next to me on the couch, who happens to be a programmer and a web developer, and he, it, it, two seconds later, he was like, "Oh, add um, thirty pixel pat- padding to this," and he just did it for me, and bam, instantly it worked. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to um, get my Gmail emails to delay send because I didn't want to send customers' emails at three in the morning. Uh, because it seems a little bit shady, <laughs> so I've been trying to figure out, you know, a uh, easy way to do it. And Kimberly just, raised, you know, she was just like, "Hey, use boomerang." And I mean, instantly, I mean, these these great resources. Uh, if you look at TravelLikeABossPodcast.com, dot com, there is uh, it's redesigned with some new uh, logos on the Facebook. If you haven't liked it already, please please do like it. Uh, the the what do you call that that cover photo? Uh, I made it in Canva, which is this brand new. Um, like logo and uh page making software that's beautiful and it's super easy to use. And all these resources I never even heard of, uh, until being here, um, this weekend. And so now that you're, you know, you have, you, you, we have a couple more days, uh, we're gonna hang out. I mean, you know, today's kind of just a chill out day to relax. Uh, tomorrow we're going to go get your, your final, uh, fitting for your, <laughs> one of your custom suits. <laughs> Two of my custom suits. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we're just, just going to hang out. Um, but now that, you know, you've, you've been through this experience, when you go back to the to the U.S., what are your plans with your businesses?
0: Okay, so, yeah, when I go back to the U.S., my plan is to try and um, get my offline businesses fully operating on their own to where, you know, I could spend the least amount of time there. But the long-term goal for that is to just kind of build it up and then eventually sell it off so I can go fully uh, e-commerce. And, you know, I'd like to do more traveling, travel like a boss. You know, I want to get uh, come back to Thailand, definitely. And even being here in Thailand, you know, you meet so many people from all over the world. You know, there's just being here this for the past 10 days made me or actually inspired me to go to, you know, Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, Holland. Yeah. Korea, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a lot more. A priority in my life is to travel a lot more now.
1: Uh, why, why do you think that? I mean, I knew when I was growing up, I never traveled at all. I never even heard of Kazakhstan besides, you know, besides Borat. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Holland, I mean, before hanging out with Corinda and her friends, you know, I never really had that big of a desire to go. Um, wh- what do you think? Why do you think there's a shift and making you want to travel so much now?
0: You know, for me personally, it's been, you know, once you start meeting people from different parts of the world and you see how we're all just human, we're very easily relatable to one another. You know, the fact that they're from a whole different part of the world, but we get along so great, it just makes you want to check out where they're from. You know, Uh, just being in Thailand, you know, seeing how the culture is, uh, how so different from what I've ever known makes me want to discover what other cultures are like.
1: Yeah, and I I honestly feel like being out here in Thailand, I've learned more about Europe than I have even just when I went to Europe. And I think it's because I meet people from there, and I really get to know them over months instead of just, you know, popping through London for a weekend mm-hmm. and just seeing some nightclubs. Um, now, I, I you know, I mean, th- think about it. Like, the amount of people you met from different countries this this past 10 days compared to, you know... The people that you would meet back in the U.S. in over months, I mean, it's drastically different, right? Yeah, totally.
0: You know, uh, from where I'm from, I'm from the Midwest and the U.S., so, you know, it's very, um, everybody there is from the Midwest. You rarely get people from, you know, other places. I mean, you have them out there, but for the majority, it's all people from that area. So, you know, traveling, you know, opens up a whole new world. You meet so many different people, so many different perspectives on life, so many different perspectives on business, so many different perspectives just in general. So it's been a definite eye-opening experience doing traveling.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that, you know, we're both on board right now. We're like, you know what, let's let's automate our businesses. Uh, Let's start these new income streams. And let's just start traveling that world, you know, I mean, just because why not, right? I mean, like really, you know, we're both in our 30s now, mid-30s, and we got to enjoy it right now. I mean, life, life is getting short.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, since we're still single right now, now is the time to travel, you know. Uh, if I was to settle down and have a wife and kids... I wouldn't be able to do all this stuff so freely. You know, I have to plan. you know, I have other people to think about. Right now, I don't have to think about myself. So it makes it so much easier to start traveling right now.
1: Yeah, and it's it's fun. I mean, it's a new experience. Uh, like, how, how hot were those Dutch girls we, we were partying with the other night?
0: Oh, man, they were super hot. And I was just like, man, it, like, what was it, three of them? And they yeah. were all really hot.
1: Yeah, so shout out to Karinda and your friends out there. Uh, we'll kick it again soon. And uh I mean this afternoon just an hour from now, I got a date with a girl from Austria, you know, and it's it's cool that, you know, we get to experience these new cultures, all right? I mean, you get I like I feel like you get to know more about a different country just, you know, hanging out here in, in Thailand, meeting them than than I would it's definitely in the US, but even if I if I moved to, you know, if I traveled around Europe on a on a weekend or something, like you wouldn't really get to know people, but here, I mean, I mean, literally, you know, we have twelve different countries in one house.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And you know, twelve different skill sets. So no matter what your, you know, what your goals are, because everyone there was working on a different project. I mean, we had a couple programmers there. We had, you know, we had the e-commerce guys, but we also had. People doing uh, info products, uh, sales products. Doctors. We had doctors. <laughs> I mean, it was literally just across the board. Food uh, truck owners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's insane. Uh, so um, what we're gonna do is uh, I'm actually I'm really excited. We're me and Sonic. Uh, we've been film, filming uh, these uh, tips, like a <laughs> t- boss tips, I guess, right. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be on the site. Uh, so if you go to travel like a Boss um, and look for Sonic's episode, which I believe is gonna be episode 9, um, you're gonna see the sickest video of, uh, <laughs> of Sonic you know, he's gonna just give you drop some knowledge in you guys with some um, bonus tips. Uh, also uh, we're, we're probably, what we're gonna do is we're gonna play some of uh, Sonic's music on, yeah. uh, on the way out. And, uh, any, uh, any last minute advice or tips for people, uh, that are back at home, you know, stuck at their jobs, maybe it's, it's, it's winter right now. It's probably cold. What do you, what are three tips that you would give people, uh, just to, you know, just, just to make things happen?
0: Well, I would say if you, if you're working for somebody right now and you're unhappy, um, start working for yourself. You know, why work so hard for somebody else to get rich? If you're going to work hard, you might as well work for yourself and make yourself, you know, see all the benefits from it. You know, and I'm not saying that everybody's meant to be a business owner. I'm not saying that. But if you feel like you're unhappy with your job and whatever, start your own business, you know, that That's brought so much fulfillment to me, just owning my own business.
1: Nice. Yeah, so if you want to hear the rest of the tips, uh, just go over to TravelLikeABossPodcast.com. If if they want to get in touch, uh, follow you on on Twitter. Uh, Where can they hit you up at?
0: Yeah, um, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Johnny Ban. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-B-A-N. And then also, Johnny has just inspired
1: me to start a blog, which will be at TheSwagCoach.com. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. So all these uh, links are gonna be in the show notes. Um, so hit that up, and if you wanna travel like a boss, remember you gotta be your own boss. So start your own online business today. Thanks for coming, Sonic. Yep. Peace. Player moves, I make player moves. All we
0: do is make player moves. Player moves, I make player moves. All we do is make player moves. Player moves, I make player moves. All we do is make player moves, player moves, I make player moves. All we do is make player moves. Yeah, yeah, ain't nobody even Triller. Yeah, I'm suited up, but I roll with killers. Affiliated with the city's gangsters. I like bubble butts like major lasers. Peep game, out, will educate ya. Air Force Ones with a Navy blazer. Businessman, I got a business plan. I got businesses out distant lands. Rooftop parties filled with models. Strictly dimes, that's the motto. Taylor's suits and exotic idols. And every DJ got me on Serato. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. Do what I want, don't ask permission to learn from the best cost tuition, so when I speak that they listen player moves I make player moves. hey what's up it's your boy Johnny Van. thanks for checking out travel like a boss podcast if you want to download my new single player moves for free hit up the show notes for episode 9 at travel like a boss podcast.com peace all we do is make player moves yeah I got knots in my pockets. take the cash and